everyone to the second episode of the Good in the Room podcast. Just a reminder, I am now available on iTunes. If you go and check that out and type in Good in the Room in the iTunes app store or iTunes store, and you should be able to find it there. Also, don't forget to check out my blog at goodintheroom.blogspot.com. And if you go to Facebook, I have a page up there too. Anyways, huge night on tap in the NHL. So I'm going to cover a couple games, and uh, if you feel left out, sorry. But I think the biggest headline tonight is Zidane Chara returns to Montreal with an investigation still pending. As we know, during the playoffs last year, Zidane Chara put a humongous hit on Max Pacioretty that left him with a broken vertebrae and um, basically the Qu- Quebec MPs coming after uh, Chara because they stated that he used the stanchion by the bench as a weapon, which I personally think is ridiculous. But anyways, there uh, was some a little bit of news from the Quebec's dictator of criminal prosecution, Jean-Pascal Boucher, said, For the case of Mr. Chara, there are no new developments, and the case is still under review. Basically, what I take this as, Montreal fans bitched and moaned, and Boucher ordered an investigation. I don't necessarily see anything wrong with the hit, he could have slowed up a tad, but if you slow up and you're 6'9 on skates, you're probably going to hurt somebody else. So I don't necessarily agree with it all. So hopefully, hopefully, in the words of Max Pacioretty, who said on Twitter last May, not even a week after he broke his neck, I hope Chara is not prosecuted. I have moved on from my incident, and I hope everyone else can do the same. It's hockey, and as much as I'm a proponent of Rule 48 and getting rid of head hits, stuff happens. I don't necessarily think there was the evilest intent. There, it's not a Todd Bertuzzi type incident. So hopefully, hopefully that Chara will not be charged. I think that he has, in a lot of ways, served enough because his name has been dragged through the mud and made light of other ways, other things that he has done. So I, I hope that you know. He's going to get booed, obviously, like crazy tonight, but um, I hope tonight ends it. Also, in other Canadians' news, Javi Talent fired assistant coach Pierre Pern yesterday, 90 minutes before the game against Philly, which, by the way, the Canadians won 5-1, to one, I believe. In the words of Pierre Gauthier, the GM, we don't like the results right now, and that brings us to evaluate a lot of things inside the organization. The Habs are 1-5-2 and, and in the basement of the Eastern Conference, but to me... I don't see how you fire an assistant coach 90 minutes before a friggin' game. It's ridiculous. It's seriously ridiculous because he's obviously not the main problem. The fact that your best player was hurt on opening night when Camilleri got stepped on, your goaltending has not been there. Carey Price, I don't want to say he's been an aberration, but he's not what he was last year. And you guys are still playing this style of hockey that is conducive to I don't know when. Your tallest dude is like six seven, and that's Hal Gill, and I, I don't even know if he's still there. But just get it together. You're, you're the cornerstone franchise of the NHL. You're making yourself look stupid. So anyways, on to happier news. Tonight, the 7-0 Washington Capitals take their talents to Edmonton, which I'm sure they're all thrilled about. By the way, Edmonton did get approved for a new stadium or a new building, so that's good. So the Oilers will stay in Edmonton for, I'm assuming, the next 30 years, which is awesome. But anyways, that's not why I called. The Caps take their talents, the 7-0 record, to visit the 4-2-2 Oilers tonight, and I think this is going to be one of the best games of the uh, new season. The Caps are hot. 
they looked like they've sorted a lot of stuff out, a lot of stuff out since you know the previous years with um, Bruce Boudreaux and choking in the playoffs. But their defense has definitely stepped up. Their highest scoring line is not what you would think. It does not involve Ovechkin and Simon and Backstrom. Yes. Backstrom is leading the team in points, but Ovi has, I believe, only three goals this year. But uh, they're playing defense the way that it needs to be played in the NHL and the way that they're playing defense hopefully and should pay dividends for them in the playoffs. And you won't get all these questions about Alexander Ovechkin as a, you know, a choker in the playoffs because, honestly, the guy's done everything he, he can do for the team to win. He's a lot like, you know... Barry Bonds was in the, in the in the second half of his career. Um, in, in the playoffs, he did everything he could, but uh, certain th- things just didn't go his way. But anyways, like I said, I think this is a new Caps team, and that should pay benef- benefits down the road. Well, the other t- other reason this uh, game is interesting is because the baby oil line is involved, and this is. Definitely one of the craziest nicknames I have ever heard in hockey. Obviously, you have the Legion of Doom with John LeClaire, Renberg, and Eric Lindros, and um, the Little White Russian line in Atlanta, and even the ABC line with Tyler Arneson, Mark Bell, and Kyle Calder in Chicago. But this this line, I don't I don't know how to feel about the name. The line itself is obviously Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, and Jordan Everly, and they are tearing it up in Western Canada right now. Hall and Everly are tied with seven points. Nugent Hopkins has eight points and five goals. And they're just making things really exciting. And um, fresh out of the prison camps in Arizona, Arizona Nikolai Habibulin is playing very well. He's 3-0 with a .97 goals against so far in this young season. And um, just a side note, I'm a nostalgia buff myself, and this will come up probably a lot in the next many podcasts but the fact that the Oilers went back to the blue and yellow or not yellows oranges from the uh, glory days is just awesome because those have to be the best jerseys in hockey I gotta say the Hawks probably have the best logo but those are the best jerseys in hockey just everything about them brings up this nostalgic feeling of Messier and Gretzky and Anderson and Lowe and and Yari Curry and Paul Coffey and just they're amazing looking jerseys and I'm so happy that um, those jerseys are back. I'm so happy the Oilers have so much talent on their team now. I don't. I'm not happy that they're in the Western Conference with the Blackhawks, but you know what? We'll find a way. But anyways, I'm a little jealous of uh, all the Canadians up there because this game is not being broadcast nationally in the United States. But after all, that's why we have the internet. I mean, the center ice package, of course, because there's no other way to watch hockey than paying for it. Anyways, that brings me to my next game that I'm highlighting tonight, and that's the New York Islanders at the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Penguins are hot. They are starting off the season on fire per usual, but something's changed. I believe Afghani Mulkin has only played two games, and as we know, Sidney Crosby has still not returned from a concussion suffered in the beginning of the year. So they're, I don't want to say running away with the Eastern Conference, but they're solidly in second in the Eastern Conference with Eric Stahl, Pasquale Dupuis, Marc-Andre Fleury playing out of their minds. And um, it's just, you know, another great start for, honestly, the model franchise in the NHL. And I say that because about seven years ago, this team was five minutes away from moving to Kansas City. And you can't do that to a a team and to a city that loves hockey as much as this and with so much history and Mario Lemieux came in and had investors and leveraged Kansas City to the city of Pittsburgh to give them that new stadium and and, and all that stuff but it's it's a really awesome thing to see 
people that care so much about their team and just a real model franchise of the NHL. And it's, you know, I just, and this is something that I'll touch on a lot, but the whole Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin thing needs to be hyped up more. And I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's just that people don't watch hockey or it just doesn't have the thing that LeBron versus Kobe has or Pujols versus... I don't even know uh, the Mark Teixeira or CC Sabathia would have, but that rivalry and that that matchup is so exciting. And it, you just take a look at the playoff series from a couple of years ago, where I believe there was one game they both had hat tricks. It's just stuff that needs to be out there. And um, I know from where I stand, um, I'm going to do my best to make that happen. Not that you know I can do that. But anyways, um, the other team involved in that is a, another interesting team where I, where I stand. That's the New York Islanders. Obviously, there's been a lot of turnover, a lot of bad contracts, i.e. Rick DiPietro and Alexi Yashin. I believe they're still paying that Yashin contract off that was signed in 1998, and we trust Mike Milbury with a microphone. Okay. But anyways, um, they're 3-4 they're and four right now, I believe, and they're, I want to say, 11th in the East, but... Um, they're doing things. Tavares has 10 points. This guy, P.A. Parento, has 8 points. And frankly, I've never heard of him before. I, I looked him up today, and he's a career AHL guy. Drafted in uh, 2001 by the Ducks. And um, 27 years old. Bust on, this, uh, bust on the scene, which is pretty cool, I gotta say. Um, but, I mean, anyone that had 118 points and 120 men, uh, penalty minutes in the queue in uh, 2001 in his last year in juniors got to be able to do something in the league right I mean come on but where I draw back with the Islanders is their goalies suck well as we know Rick DiPietro has a contract to 2020 which I can't say anything about it because several of the players on my favorite team have contracts to 2020 but the thing is DiPietro has probably played only four seasons I'm sorry he's only probably played four games in parts of five seasons no it's a, it's a joke but I believe he's only played probably, I'd have to say, one full season in the last five. They right now are starting Al Montoya because DiPietro is hurt once again with a concussion after taking a slap shot off the mask. And backing Montoya up is everyone's little choke artist, Evgeny Nabokov, who had an unsuccessful run in the KHL last year, but probably is really happy to be in the NHL in any capacity after what the KHL has gone through. So, that'll be a game that I will somehow try to turn into tonight just to see what Tavares and Parento can do. And Eric Stahl, I'm sorry, Jordan Stahl is one of my favorite players in the league. One of my favorite <laughs> memories from the Winter Classic last year is during the... Uh... By the way, when uh, NHL Network broadcast Winter Classic practice, it's awesome because you get to see a lot of candid sides of players. And he lost some shootout thing and he had to run all the way up taking his skates off first, obviously. Had to run all the way up to the top of the bleachers at Heinz Field, and um, there was, there was a, a reporter up there, and he was out of breath adjusting himself and being hilarious, and it was just kind of a really... It, it was a cool thing to see, because like it's a side of uh, players that you don't get to see, and if you do, it's kind of fake, i.e. a lot of Taves and Kane commercials in the Chicagoland area. But anyways, the next game that I'm looking forward to tonight... I probably won't watch it, to be honest, but is the LA Kings at the Dallas Stars. And the Dallas Stars currently have the best record in the West at 7-2. and two. 
Kerry Lettinen is playing out of his mind right now. I believe his goals against is like .93 and no, I'm sorry, .104, and he's seven and zero. Uh, Mike Ribeiro and Jamie Benn have been point-of-game guys right now, but I don't see this lasting. They're just not deep enough anywhere. The LA Kings, on the other hand, picking up Mike Richards in the offseason and uh, having a healthy Anze Kopitar and Jonathan Quick, I believe. He had three shutouts in a row. This is going to be a test for Dallas, and maybe, you know, if they're actually real, they're real, but I think it's too early to tell. And frankly... I don't see enough talent there, but you know what? We'll see. So, yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for today. I'm going to try to do uh, this format kind of – I'd like to do it every day. I had kind of a boring day at work, so I could uh, put some stuff together on lunch that was, uh, you know, just the highlights of the night's games. But uh, whenever news breaks, you know, big news, I'll, I'll try to make make do my damnedest to actually get something down on tape so you guys can hear it. But remember, uh, contact me at goodintheroom at gmail. Um, for, uh, you know, any comments, any questions, tell me what you think. Like I said, I'm just doing this kind of fly-by-night. I've always wanted to do it. And um, I, sh I am on iTunes. I never thought I'd say that because I am the worst musician and I have the worst singing voice in the world. But I am on iTunes now. So just type in Good in the Room. And, um, yeah, for the uh, October 27th edition, um, see you guys later. And uh, remember... Like Gordon, Gordon Bombay always said, soft hands, concentration, not strength. See you later, guys.